It is myself, Umulimo Tamaye. We will win, Baba. Coming at you, episode three. Uh, we are talking about police brutality today. Once again, I'm speaking to you from Wales, and we have got Chur Ch and leave me. We've got Charlie. Hello. <laughs> and here's me. Hello there, guys. I'm All the way from Cambodia at the moment. Plus <laughs> eight by five. Hey. <laughs> We're having a bit of a, a bit of a moment right now. Oh goodness, it's very serious. Um, yeah, so as we've told you, today we're going to be talking about police brutality. Um, of course, this is as in this is in response to the George Floyd and the whole instance. Uh, that that instance particularly is one of the ones that has sparked the the current discussion. But let's please not forget, this is not something that is modern. This is not something that just came around this year. Number seven of the Black, uh, the Black Panther Party in 1967 released their ten point, um, released their ten point uh, program. And number seven on that list was we demand a end to all police brutality and the murder of black people. It is 2020, and the exact same instances are still happening. We're still seeing police killing black people for no reason and then getting away with it within the legal system and that's what we want to speak about today so as i said we've already mentioned george floyd r.i.p um the george floyd protests and the blm protests globally um we have already acknowledged this um last episode they were already the largest global um civil civil rights marches kind of movement that's ever been um, it's the largest movement in global history basically so um, that's already happened and is forcing these kinds of conversations now um, our opinion has or we've already talked about how our opinion is that because the George Floyd protest has been oh sorry because the George Floyd incident has been covered very well we're going to talk about other incidents other incidences where this has happened um, we're going to emphasize how the the uh, occurrence of police brutality transcends borders as well so we're going to be talking about um, a minority of American examples and we're going to be talking about examples elsewhere um, and yeah we'll be talking about the the specific points um, that go towards uh, how this seems to be acceptable within wider society and how the police actually get away with it. These people are never charged, which is something that is time and time again brought up to them and isn't dealt with. All right, I've talked plenty. Go ahead, guys. Um, I think as well with the whole George Floyd um, and BLM protests that have been happening, it's brought conversations, um, these conversations forward in other countries. Um, in the UK, it's brought forward a lot of the police brutality that's been happening there and um, countries like South Africa as well. Um, it's actually ignited um, people to kind of start talking about it and actually um, bring it to the forefront so that people can actually be aware of it. Because I think these things happen so often um, it becomes normal yeah. in a lot of these countries um, and no one talks about it mm. and it doesn't make front page news 
um, particularly globally, it may do in the in the country where it's happening, but um, if you're not in based in any of those countries, you don't tend to hear about it. Um, so we just obviously want to bring that to the forefront um, and let the world know in a way that police brutality is a is a black problem and it happens wherever you are. Doesn't matter where you are. Um, it doesn't just happen in the US. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a global thing, really. To be fair, wherever I feel like there's black people, police are always treating them anyhow, and that's obviously linking back to how those people um, were either you know enslaved, colonized, or vice versa. Um, yeah, no. So I think yeah, it's, it's a black problem around the world, everywhere you go. For example, Bahia in Brazil has the highest number of black people from Africa you know, living there and stuff. And everywhere, every country you go to that has a black population, which was either um, illegally moved there via slavery or even people co um, being colonized in their own, you know, continent and country, you see that, you know, they're being treated, as I said, in a way to just like, it, it, it's, it's a very inhumane way. It's like rearing Second cattle. Citizens, isn't it? Yeah, it's like rearing cattle. It's like, okay, you can't go here, you can't go there. It's like being on a, on a real life farm um, where you're being basically slaughtered every day at will. And uh, what people need to understand is they, they assume that a lot of these places, the police are trained very well, but their training, I think, basically comes from, the rhetoric comes from a very old school, inhumane way, basically, where they don't see anyone who is of a particular color as human. So as soon as you interact, interact with them, that's why you never see a policeman being really nice to someone treating them like with dignity, I am arresting you on blah, 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 blah. Very calm manner. It's always like, you know, um, some sort of weird commando role, crazy, juiced up, adrenaline junkie person who's literally wielding a gun at your face or literally trying to punch you in the face. So that's the issue we're dealing with, I think, globally as well. Like, that's a big thing. So people shouldn't really forget. It's not just an American thing. It's a global thing at the moment, definitely, as well. Yeah, and I think when you look at the statistics in the other countries as well, these police brutality is much higher um, than in the US. Um, for example, in South Africa, the South African police service kills three times more people per capita than in, um, in the US compared to the US. So if you were a black person in South Africa, you're three times more likely to be um, killed by a police officer compared to the US. Um, but we don't hear about these stories when, when, you, when you look on the news and you hear only about the US and it's such a shame because um, we, we need to be made aware of these things so that we can obviously yeah. do something about it and actually um, put a stop to it. Definitely. Yeah, you know, um, so I'm going to come back on both your stories. Let me start with South Africa since that's the one we're chatting about now. So while I was looking up a few bits around police brutality in South Africa the Marikana massacre to me is something that I'm um, very aware of this was a massacre where the miners went on strike um, I want to say 2011 2012 it, it only just predates Cyril Ramaphosa and uh, that's the South African president and that that'll become relevant in a second but basically these miners who if anybody knows the history of South Africa, miners were got from everywhere, including Lesotho, Tanzania, um, Swaziland. Um, so the people from further afield were brought in um, partially because they spoke different languages. It was easier for um, the 
for the establishment to mistreat them because they didn't have an immediate surrounding of people that were supporting them. So um, the Mar the people, the miners from Marikana were protesting. Um, what they wanted was better pay and more time off so that they could actually spend time with their families, go and in some cases go see their people back home. Uh, they were wiped out. They were shot. Uh, I'm not sure how many bodies were taken at this point. I'm pretty sure it was it was in the twenty. Uh, it was at least in the twenties, and this is not the t the typical kind of police. Um, uh, the kind the typical kind of police brutality that we're kind of used to, where there is a story that they can, where they try and um, remix the the story afterwards. No, the police went there armed with fully automatic weapons and killed these miners for protesting for their own rights. So that in itself is one thing. Um, the other point was the media coverage around it which of course demonizes these miners and says nothing about the police or their brutality and once again it wasn't an international story this is something that should be an international story and it wasn't and once again that is because these people were black and their their lives are seen as being worth less the company who were actually you know paying these miners the company that this that these miners worked for and where those minerals were going is actually the london mining corporation Lonmin, um, who've actually been taken over since that time, um, a lot of it to do with, um, a lot of the takeover was to do with the negative press that they were getting at the time. But let us not, let us not forget that for over 300 years, 400 years, that London mining company has been the one that has been mistreating these people and has been um, extracting the minerals from the land uh, with no with no um with no return there is absolutely no benefit to the locals uh when these kinds of uh, minerals are extracted and by that i mean these people still don't have the opportunity to go to school the housing is still substandard for human habitation excuse me they're warehoused um, and only recently they've been warehoused in housing which is still small and substandard but the infrastructure was basically built for villages which are just essentially full of miners so instead of um creating some kind of pipeline where people can work themselves out of poverty um so that these people's kids can at least not be miners because no miner wants their kids to go down there um they've they've um uh, encapsulated everything and made sure that their kids have this the same lack of opportunities as their parents um, and I think, yeah, so that's, that's how it ties in, but the police brutality at the Maracana massacre is, it was the main topic that we were talking about there. Brazil. Akala has, um, loads, he spent so much time talking about Brazil, um, and one of the other points that people forget, and, uh, and this is attached to history, is that over 80% of the kidnapped Africans that left the African coast actually went to the Americas and not to um, the, the colonies at the time that went to become America. So when we think of typical, when we think of Brazilians, usually most people will think of somebody fair-skinned or mixed race like Charlie, when in reality, the majority of Brazilians are more like me and Husni, where they are, their lineage is purely African. The only reason they speak Portuguese is because their people were kidnapped and brought over there. They are still so Africans. Nice yeah. 
Exactly. It's they. They are still. They're still as African as they left, and they in terms of their their lineage and their their ancestry. Um, the only thing is that they they're now not represented. Uh, when when you look at the political class in um, in places like Brazil, it's it's very apparent that there is there they are all very light skinned. That's that's not a surprise, and that's not a um, that's not a coincidence. Is one of the things I want to say. Um, yeah, uh, in in terms of what some of the stuff that Carlos talked about in the favelas, uh, the general rule is the poorer it gets, the darker the people in those favelas are as well. Um, yeah. The evidence yeah. for the for for the existence of this system is terrible. As is uh, so, when we talk about police brutality, these police do not police these these um, communities the only time most people see police is when there's some kind of raid and that's when people die um, at the end of the day like the police go in there with no um, consideration for for human welfare and let's be fair if they wanted to actually make an impact solve the poverty I mean that's that's a topic that we'll talk about another time but yeah um, places like Brazil South Africa none of the stories of police brutality ever make it out of there. Um, and the reason I, I always make sure I emphasize that one is the media has a massive role in Absolutely. allowing this to perpetuate. Um, sorry, okay, I went off on a bit of a... You guys go, please. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I think overall, like, what you're seeing is just... The problem is with these... The way the police are and everywhere you go, it's it's a power trip, Right. To the point where if you get a badge and a gun, you think you're now God and you treat others that you're meant to serve and protect, as they keep saying in the States and I'm sure other countries. But the problem, the funny thing is, though, like other other countries, like not funny as in ha ha ha, but funny as in like sad dark, you know, is that people will literally get killed in front of you and no one blinks an eye. Like, oh, yeah. especially black bodies in South Africa, people just get thrown into the back of these cars, beaten with like clubs, beaten with batons, like roughly kicked in the head. Yeah, RIP, like kicked in the head and everything. And then like people die. But then the problem is, for example, the Americana miners, um, Cyril Ramaphosa, this guy's worth about 500 mil. He's got shares in the mine. He was sent an email. So was the mm -hmm. chief of police. The, I think, I don't know whether she's Zulu or something, but she's a black woman. She's the chief of police. And she basically, they, and they spoke to the stakeholders of the company, right? And all they wanted, they, these guys, was just a bit, a bit more money and time off, right? That's nothing too crazy. And instead, there's videos, there's body cams showing police hunting down these miners who ran away after the shots got fired. They all got peppered and killed like dogs. A few of them got away at the back. They were running through the mountains trying to hide. And there's body cam actually on YouTube showing the police guys chasing them, yeah. saying, oh, there's one behind that rock, go kill him. Shooting them, saying, oh, your juju's not going to protect you now, you pussies. What are you going to do now? These are like yeah. dead black bodies and there are even a few black guys who were part of the shooters part of the police saying all these things to them it was it then became a un, uh, them and our situation and that's the problem with the police you know uh, and they keep saying oh yeah but we're here to protect the people well not really like south africa there was a case where like uh charlie showed me actually uh where police were, were basically they're being killed as well like imagine that happens in america so in South Africa, yeah. police misbehave. They get shot up. Yeah, so in, in South Africa, the police have security guards. Because the irony. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's funny when you think about it. Obviously not funny when, the, when, when it's actually yeah. happening. But it's funny because, like, people just go out, kill um, police officers. Because a lot of the police officers in South Africa are actually black. Um, 
they're the ones who work on the front line. Yeah. Um, and the it's it's like the sergeants and the I don't really know much about the, the corporal man. Yeah, the ones who are like higher up tend to be the white guys, um, and and the the the, the officers and stuff who are actually there um, on the front line are black men, um, <clears throat> and they get shot shot up and everything, and it's a really dangerous job. Um, and they even have to have security guards because because of the um, mm. be, because of the ramifications of of being a police officer in South Africa, um, and it's because they have such a disregard for for black bodies. Mm. Um, growing up in apartheid times, a lot of the officers would have would have done as well. They they feel worthless and feel like they they aren't worth anything. Yeah. Um, so they think that they can do that to other their fellow black people as well yeah. as other people doing it to them mm. to them as well um so it's, it's scary, like though. yeah it's that mental slavery that the the colonizer still has over um over the black bodies in in south africa and it's such a shame that this stuff is still happening um in this day and age but it's the brutality as well like it's, it's really weird yeah it's a very like what's that brother that mozambican uh, taxi driver in in sa who got tied to the back of the police van got tied like this to the back of the police van in broad daylight and they drove the car yeah. as if he was a trailer, dragged him on the floor and the man died in custody. And I'm like, okay, Bonda is Mozambique and whatever, right? But this brother is, is a black, black brother. He He's like from you. the continent. He looks like you everything. And you decided instead of... Bruv, the doors of the van were open. You know, when you go to these police vans, there's these like metal sort of chairs on both sides, you know, like whatever you can sit on, right? Instead of saying, let's put this guy in there. You know what? Even if they threw him in there, it's not nice, but you know how it's like. At least he's in there, right? Instead, they're like, oh, the doors are literally flapping the irony. A man is literally hooked to the back of where the trailer goes and dragged through the road. And all these people are watching in broad daylight. It's ridiculous. So I think that level of desensitization, both in the police and the whole population, well, it starts with the population because police, it's not like they're like oracles from God family. No, they're, they're human beings. part of the population yeah. as well. So they, the, if the population is fucked up, your police is going to be fucked up. Your education is going to be fucked up. Everything's fucked up. These people are like born and bred in these situations. So yeah, for us it's the brutality. But in other countries, it happens like crazy. In the West, they control it more via the media, via other ways of hiding it. Um, because whenever someone dies of color, what comes up? Oh, he had a, a bud of weed that was one millimeter long and it was from like five years ago. There, there's always going to be some dirt like when somebody black dies, they're going to find some dirt so that they can justify it. Eddie, Eddie Griffin, that's the one, he's a comedian, but it's one of the things he said. One of the things that this establishment seems to want to do is have every black man have an asterisk next to his name. He was talking about celebrities in general. He was talking about Kobe Bryant and, 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 and how it appears that <clears throat> the most... It, it basically seems like they're going to try and find every example of a wholesome black person that we have and just make sure that they have an asterisk there so that they can kind of maintain this myth of the criminality of black people. Just that it seems to be somehow built into melanin, this, this excessive melanin syndrome that we all suffer from, which is what apparently leads to criminality. And obviously, like, the... The thing that annoys me is that generally people buy it. It seems to be generally people buy it. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the real shames of it. Um, sorry, Husni, keep going. Yeah, no, Charlie, like, you, you were going to add to the whole brutality thing in uh, 
and police and you know yeah so i think um uh just to add on to the other other countries as well you've got police brutality happening to the indigenous people in australia as well um which doesn't get talked about um, yeah yeah and i'm sure new zealand as well um uh blah, 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 my mind's just gone blank help me here um <laughs> canada as well they got indigenous population as well yes so in australia with the with sorry with just to bring it back to australia again, mm -hmm. with um with them because um the aboriginals and the indigenous people um they are treated literally like second class citizens there um you you a lot of a lot of the brutality that happens again doesn't get publicized and australians themselves are quite um uh, very dismissive obliv oblivious to it they More just arrogant. yeah they just yeah oh no that doesn't happen in our country type of thing which happens in a lot of countries because it's the same in, in the uk as well where they don't think that that type of stuff happens yeah um, the met police officer was just saying in the uk that she thinks the police the met police are not racist <laughs> well exactly um i know that just um about two years ago there was an elderly aboriginal woman who um was mistreated by the police um someone who was completely um respected by by the community and she was wrongfully arrested an elderly woman she's 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 old <laughs> um and she was completely neglected in her cell um in in australia and then she passed away from the injuries that she that had occurred from from the police brutality and from the way that they handled her. Um, and till this day, they're still um, fighting for her justice. And that happened in 2017. Um, and this was to a, to an older woman. So to think that they are doing that just to that they're, they're doing that and they have such a lack of respect for someone who's who's old. Yeah. Um, you can just imagine what they're doing to like the youth and to, to younger people as well in Australia and how they're covering it up. So um, I think it's important to, to, um, to bring light to these issues as well mm. um, and not to forget that police brutality does happen in these places yeah. and even when you don't think it does. Um, and there's a, Australia itself has quite a, a, a dark past. Um, and we know how they've been mistreating the Aboriginals there that's yeah, yeah that's that, I to add on that. <laughs> no, no that's that's the point that i was going to build on is that we need to remember australia is one of these places I, even i kind of forget about how racist australia actually is because of how little yeah, coverage there act, there actually is if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. one of the things we need to remember uh sorry who's what was that can you get closer to the mic yeah, no, I said Foster's barbecue and beaches and golden skin and yeah, moving away, Holly Bondi stands. These guys are racist with a capital yeah. R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, there's a hard R on their racism. Um, what am I saying? So Australia, we need to remember that Australia. The reason that 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 British flag is up in that corner, first of all, is because it was British people that went to found it. Um, during the colonial they era. They didn't find it. Sorry? They didn't find it. They didn't find it. It was already founded. Original people were already in Australia. So British people didn't find it. And from what I know as well, um, it was 
prisoners and ex-cons who got sent over from the UK to Australia. They didn't want them here. They got exiled basically over to Australia. no, no, you, you and they sent them over there thinking that, oh, yeah, you just go over to this barren land and then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> turns out it's actually great. Over yeah, there. <laughs> turns out there's plenty there. So, that that's the point. Um, I was just making the point that the Australia that we see today was founded on the genocide of the um, the Aboriginal people, like the Tasmanian people have been wholesale wiped out. Same as the Taino people in the Caribbean, the the original inhabitants of those areas, the Tasmanian people were wiped out. We don't even have like a genetic index to reference to those people. The the Australians who at the time were the British wiped them out. That's one thing. Number two, flora and fauna. Um, Black people were considered... Yeah, it was in the 60s when black people, as in people with melanin like you and I, were considered as flora and fauna, which is plants, until the 1960s. We weren't human in the eyes of the law. How is it that people are actually surprised that this level, and excuse me, that this level of racism actually exists within a system which um, which um, legislated against black people in this manner? Of course they're, of course they're gonna act like this. Um, and yeah, I think those were the those were the major points that I wanted to add on to it. That it's really not a surprise to to people like us who who know because of the foundation that it was built on, the kind of effects of police brutality that we see and the disregard for black life is something that kind of comes with that. Uh, because none of this at every stage of reform. This is one of the things I've been thinking about in in general that applies to each of these systems. At every stage of reform, when there have been, when there has actually been progress made, the very top level of the people who uh, control these things are the ones that aren't swapped out. They can swap people out at the lower levels um, and even go on like recruiting runs. Yeah, we're going to make it 20% black, that kind of thing, and this tokenism but uh, of, of multiple organizations and institutions. But the point is that um, as long as the, the higher-ups do not change and the actual, com- um, not the community, and the, oh, sorry, go on. The main, you mean like the main chiefs? Because the problem is a lot of these people get um, all these power inherited. They inherit it from these old people who then also have really, really bad rhetoric. So what happens is it's like basically a breeding thing, right? So there's, there's no change in, in, that, in that whole DNA of thinking or thought. But then everyone else, the foot soldiers and people who can basically, well, they get used to they get used as like slaughter. So if anything goes wrong, if a minority person gets killed, they're they're the little puppies that get culled first. But we're looking at the big at the top. They never get touched because they have like an array of, you know, people around them who they who are gonna die first before they get to that level. So that's that's the issue, basically. Yeah, and it's exactly that. There's there's never you can't reform this out because these people are the ones who actually set the. The, the society within these institutions. Um, so obviously, with, because we're speaking about police in general, like the, the very higher up police and the people who write the rules, it's not just the, I mean, the people who write the rules for the police. As long as they believe in the rhetoric which has led them up to this point, and as long as basically the leadership stays the same, the whole organization will follow along that same trajectory. Like, it's not going to change. And that was the point I was making. There's never been a reform around this. 
you can't reform this kind of thing. It is literally something you have to, in my opinion, the police have to be abolished and public safety needs to be looked at, uh, needs to be taken, a different approach needs to be taken to public safety because the police are not for public safety. Um, uh, and actually, anywhere that you look, uh, you could look at the UK, the US, South Africa, the police come out of organisations that were dedicated to protecting the property of the rich. They haven't really changed their function ever since. Yeah, to to piggyback of that, actually, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like for me, it's like the the way the police are and what they do is basically they've been used since slavery time to basically stop the movement of slaves, protect you know, prop up the the white person's uh, what do you call it like like basically authority. So a lot of the times, like now, you see so many Karens and 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 Ken, Kens, if you want to call them. Um, they're just out here questioning people, like why are you in my neighborhood? What's your name? What's your date of birth? What what star sign are you like? And then they, if you don't give them an answer, like man, will fully call the police on you. Like it's actually that crazy now. And the police will come without knowing nothing, get see you and see Karen and Ken, and they'll literally straight come to you, even if you're dressed in a full on suit, whatever you look like. Matter, they'll yeah. get you, or tie you up, and put you in the back of the car, shoot you if they want to shoot you, but they won't question Karen and or and Ken and be like, okay, well, what's the issue here? Like, you're meant to be a mediator, right? But it's clearly, it's, it's day and night, let's be honest, right? Biased. And it sounds crazy. Like, I, I think the only time the police as a whole will stop fucking with people is if Mandem actually start fighting back and shooting them and killing them. It sounds really horrific, but unfortunately, like, I know you're not meant to, you know, put violence with violence, but sometimes these juiced up steroid heads who dropped out of high school, who got bullied, who got nothing to do, doing bloody like um tumble rolls and stuff as if they're in an action movie killing actual human beings if they're not shot and, and if they don't feel pain i feel like they're not going to learn at all and they've got a system to protect them the union do you know a union can actually withhold um withhold a police officer from talking to people who are trying to maybe let's say a police officer kills someone he'll run to the union the union will say give us one tw one day 24 hours so they can listen to everything the tapes manipulate do all sorts of fuckery. One whole day, can you believe that? If that was a normal, um, if that was a you know, civilian, they're not going to have one day. They'll get charged, put in a prison, boom, done. And that's the problem. The unions are there to basically protect these guys who are basically the dogs in um, Animal Farm. If you've seen Animal Farm, the cartoon, um, the pigs get a little, uh, these dogs, and the dogs do all the dirt. Oh, it's really good, man. You see, it's mad. Um, oh, you haven't seen it, Charlie? Yeah, 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 yeah. You need, you, need you need to watch it. You need to watch it. So, um, so that's the who's the author right? again? Sorry, um, Husni. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with the issue that you're facing, but I, you've just reminded me the author because he's he's. I've got you know what? I've got his Orwell. George Orwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Orwellian. I, I'm a I'm a big Orwell fan, and actually, the Animal Farm and I've got why I write somewhere back here uh, were like foundational when it comes to my kind of knowledge base and what got me into kind of this in terms of the po political stuff. Um, I wanted to come back on a couple of things that you said as well. Uh, well, actually, everything that we're speaking about in terms of the police brutality, the police unions and their responses ultimately. So we've not even gone over George Floyd. And one of the most hurtful things about George Floyd is not just the method in which he was murdered. 8 minutes 46 with a knee on his neck pleading for his life and like literally he, he died asking for his mum or his grandmother sorry but it's the point that 
that officer went to work the next day as if nothing went wrong, as if nothing happened. And it was only through protests that he was initially um, put on ad administrative leave, if I'm not wrong, uh, that, that he was actually like, um, yeah, he was put on leave. I don't think he's even been fired. I think there's still something going on. So it was the protest that even achieved getting him um, off the off that in the first place, then applying that to all four of the officers. Um, and then even getting him charged was a thing, but they charged him initially with third degree murder, which let's, which like, uh, we may have said this before, is uh, can be classified as accidental murder and comes along with um, something like a three-year jail sentence, uh, of which he'd probably serve half. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that was a that was a point. And then it's only been bumped up to second-degree murder, which. Um, I'm I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to pretend I know the rules. But I'm so, like. There, there are no apologies. If you spend 8 minutes 46 seconds on somebody's neck, that is murder. First degree, you knew you what you're doing, you meant to do it, and you don't even need the video evidence. Um, no, uh, Charlie. Don't. But I think with, um, so just from what I've, what I've read around it, with first degree murder, you have to have intention. So you have to have premeditated it, you have to have um planned it in a way and um actually thought it through so with that it becomes harder to prove um so when you go to court which this will probably go and then it will go to trial and blah 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 um it's going to be difficult for that for the lawyer well for the defendant is the defendant pros prosecutor <laughs> whatever the terminology is to prove that he had premeditated this um, and therefore he could then not get charged with first degree murder. So although second degree murder, it, although we all know it was like first degree, there is no doubt about it. It's going to be difficult when it comes to the law and when you go to court to prove first degree. So in reality, doing it as second degree makes it easier to prove and he will at least then do some time. And I think second degree, you can get you can get life from what I read. But he's not going to get life, definitely. No, he won't get life. Um, he won't get life, but he can, he can get the maximum sentence, which I think is the same as first degree. Um, so, yes, it looks... It, yes, we want first degree murder, but how can we prove that? I, I genuinely don't have any faith in, in any justice system yep. wherever you go. The justice system is made yep. by the rich yep. for the rich. The police are the rich uh, people's um, like do yeah. guard dogs, basically, right? And they, some of them, like, clearly all of them have rabies and they do mm -hmm. some fucked up shit. Um, and all they do is just basically nothing. Like, literally, that's what they do. And a lot of these conservative uh, white people um, who are coming out saying, oh, my God, these Democrats or these leftist snowflakes want... Um, want the uh what do you call it they were saying that they want the um they want it to be anarchism you know they want to get rid of the police it's going to be so bad but listen the, those people are the same people that call the police on anyone with a bit of mm. melanin right you know how you know the amount of calls since donald trump's been elected and all this craziness going on karen's and kent's right. calling the police for everything hi uh 911 uh there's a black man cutting his lawn yeah he looks really suspicious like what the fuck 
I they're think brave they're getting brave. And I think there should be a law, in my opinion, if the police guy comes to be like, yo, what's going on? No one's been hurt. Cool. I'm yeah. giving you a ticket. $5,000. Yeah. Fine. Done. I swear that there is one, though, but there, people just yeah, don't the, follow through. The police yeah, don't enforce the, the police it. Are, 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 yeah. The police don't enforce it because they want to go, they want to arrest the brother, they want to roll around, do some action yeah. jack figure. That's but what they want to do. When, but the thing is as well, it's when they see like white people, they're like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, you, you must be right because you're white. We don't want to give you a record, yeah. it's fine. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I think either black people should start calling the police on random people. Yeah, there's a white man walking behind me in the subway. Just random shit. But the funny thing is those tickets that are made for the whole public, um, you know, yeah. giving out these whatever are now going to be given to yeah. the black people because oh you wasted yeah. police time exactly that's the thing but black when, people can't call can't call the cops so if they do then they're they're going to get all killed all of a sudden now this law is going to come yeah. out and be like there you go yeah. <laughs> and all these white commentators in america saying oh uh, the concert um, the democrats aka the leftist labor equivalent are basically um, making the yeah. country bad we need law enforcement i support law you support law enforcement because they're on your side and you can call them for anything mm-hmm. You can spill your tea. Basically, you could dunk your biscuit and it might break. Mm-hmm. You could call the police. You'll be fine. <laughs> a brother can't nope. call the police. You know this brother got 1.25 million uh, settled. He basically, a woman in the video called the police because she said he stole the car. She said he had something mm. that looked like a bar and he basically mm. opened the car. That was his mm. own car. Police came, mm. six of them, mm. punching him up locked him down and then they were, the woman was like oh I didn't want to profile I feel really bad now and the officer was like no no no, no it's fine it's fine you don't feel bad don't feel bad like we're fucking this black guy up girl you're, you called us at the right time we wanted some mm. action tonight we got it right guess what it was his car he mm-hmm. never stole the car it was his own car with his own money and everything that he bought the car with and now he's getting a 1.25 million settlement from the city but money is nothing because the police and people on the right are the ones who are pulling the strings in everything they have the money Right, so everyone dying, they nope. don't give a fuck. They'll just pay it. They'll be like, "Cool, we oh, this guy broke a black guy's jaw. Yeah, we'll yeah. fund it here. There's a couple mil. Like it's it's becoming like this. That's the issue, you know. And I, I, it sounds crazy and radical, but until police feel what they're doing to people as well, like imagine someone got that those police guys who what they did to George Floyd and they got that done to them in the hood. Got the biggest guy, Mark Henry equivalent, shout out WWF, <laughs> and sat on his. Sat on his neck for like a good ten minutes. Eight like, minutes oh, forty six seconds. WWE now. Yeah, they yeah. it. You know, I I completely agree. There's there's so much that you've just said that I want to unpack. Um, the biggest point, actually, one okay, because uh, I've been writing down a couple of the bits that you've mentioned. Um, Charlie, have you got anything to say before I go? Uh, right. No, you can go. One, how are we supposed to trust these police? How are we supposed to trust these police? Diaspora as a, as if you were to look at what diaspora actually means, but basically people with African ancestry, blah, blah, blah. We make up about 2 million people. It's going to be closer to three by 2050, 3 billion people. We'll see what proportion of the, um, human story that is by that time but that's a lot of people and you're telling me that all of them no matter where they are are brutalized by a system that is supposed to protect them how are we supposed to trust these people and how are we supposed to go on because ultimately this is one of the the points that i see this is in unsustainable um one of the so one of the demands of the um 
of the current Black Lives Matter movement and all the chapters defund the police and what that looks like. So one of the things that Husni has, has already mentioned was how they get so much funding. And there's actually a video on Vice that came out very recently that was talking about how um, in, I think, in the year leading up to 2020, 20, so 2019 and however they do their years, they this police force, I'm not sure which one it was, seized 2.3 billion uh, billions worth of um, assets, most of that to do with, of course, drug money, drug seizures and stuff like that, and they kept 1.8 billion of it. I don't think people see how perverse that is because they are literally incentivized to allow these drug dealers, and let's be fair, they're, they're basically incentivized to continue allowing these drug dealers to function until they can take all their assets. And and for anybody that's seen the way that these shady kind of um, deals go, people act like this, this kind of thing is what happens in films. It really isn't. Like, I cannot, I cannot compute the, the amount of drugs that are in any any of these western societies could not be possible without the police's um without police accomplice yeah without accomplices in the police mm -hmm. simply impossible couldn't happen yeah. okay so yeah. how are we supposed to trust these people um is the is the main point there number two the courts one of the things that husney said is if black people start actually applying the law um in terms of um if they start if they start doing what these Karens and Kens are doing basically, then the law will be used to punish them, even though it has not been enforced to punish the Karens who are calling the police on black people and black people are being brutalized from that, often for no reason. This guy that got the 1.25 um, million settlement is a massive exception, let's be frank. I don't know, I don't even know which yeah. coast he's on, but the majority of black people, when they get beaten by the police, they don't even get their shoelaces back. Like, they're just told to go about their business, and that's that. Let's not forget, one of the reasons Tupac yeah. became so prominent was because he got a beatdown from the police, he took it to court, and because Tupac actually at least had money and could fight the case, he won. So, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's another thing. This relates to, okay, so point number three relates to one of the points that I think both of you had already made, but like police unions and their code of silence. How are we supposed to trust these people when, so if we look at the US, one of the things that they have started implementing body cams, there are body cams in the UK as well. There are still mechanisms like as easy as leaving the body cam off or just not turning it on. And then these police then go ahead, brutalize people and say, oh, we didn't turn our, we didn't turn the camera on. Uh, on top of the point that, like you said, the, the police unions themselves will basically reserve a time to for when they can doctor everything, which is the same as... Um, collusion let's be let's be perfectly frank if it was anybody else in any other industry if you get arrested the reason they take you into custody is so that you can't make a story and you can't collude with other people and bring them into your lie and that's precisely what the polite yeah. what the police do police look it's literally like i can't even help it i do not trust these people um on top of that code of silence um there was oh, for flip's sake i should have written his name down um i'm going to keep this one very brief uh ex-navy goes into or oh, ex-navy marine officer goes into the police 
he's a black man, of course. Um, on one of these arrests, he yeah. witnesses a an excessive um, amount of force being used, reports it. He is fired, and um, the officer who who um, actually perpetrated the violence was eventually moved up. Anyway, he went about all the correct ways of trying to get reinstated, and not even trying, not even um, attempting to sue the police, but. Um, none of that went his way. Anyway, finally, the dude snapped. He went on a killing spree. Uh, and it wasn't even like just over nothing. It was another one of these police murders which triggered him to go on a killing spree. And this is one of the things is because not only did he know what what he was capable of, but he knew what he was seeing. It was domestic terrorism. It's the police, the people who are sent out or who are mandated to look after us who are out here murdering people in debt. Like, they may as well be a death squad. Yep. Um, and, yeah, in uh, and that kind of relates to the very last point that I was making. How do you correct this? Because ultimately, with the police being stretched thin at the moment and the, mil the militarization of the Black Panther Party was directly as a result of police brutality, what do they actually think is going to happen now? Because it's 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 literally getting to the same stage. Go ahead. Um, no, for me, I think the best thing to do is, as you were mentioning, like defund the police and introduce um, restorative mm -hmm. justice. Um, I think that is probably the way forward in terms of this. Um, we've already seen examples of restorative justice in some countries where they are already starting to 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 look at that. South Africa actually being one of them, mm. surprisingly. Um, they are doing it um, with minors, Excuse me. so with children offenders, um, and doing it in a way where they're trying to avoid um, putting children in courts um, and rehabilitating them, um, finding out what the, the root cause of why are they doing this crime, um, and then giving them the appropriate um, counselling, um, whatever it might be, the, the appropriate rehab that they require in order to not re-offend. Because what we're finding as well is that people going to, to prison, people going um, to jail, whatever, um, are not, they are re-offending. So they're coming out and then re-offending. So clearly the justice system's not working. Whatever is happening, it's not, it's, not, it's not doing what it needs to be doing because we're still having this large amount of crime that's happening. Um, so we need to, to look at other ways um, where the police don't need to be involved. If we have a domestic violence case, why not call a social worker to come in and, and they can then sit down with the couple, um, obviously keep them in separate rooms or whatever, um, and actually talk through maybe the man who's doing the, the domestic abuse needs some sort of counselling. Maybe he needs therapy and maybe that's what he needs to have instead of going into, um, into prison um, at the hands of the police and then getting, um, getting beat up, getting mistreated. And then he comes out and does exactly the same because he wasn't able to get the type of rehab that he needed while he was in, um, while he was in prison. Um, so I think it's important to, yeah, to look at restorative justice and go through yeah. that that route. I think, yeah, to piggyback of that, I think it's, yeah, I think we need to definitely give it a try because I think in Sweden they mm. also do it as well where when you're in prison they actually train you to do certain jobs so when you do come out mm. you're actually a useful member mm. of society rather than like going back because the problem now is a lot of countries, you've got a record, mm -mm, we're in hiring, there's a box that you tick on every application. If you say that you're a former yeah. felon or have a conviction... 
there's a 99.99% yeah, you ain't getting you know, a job take one. The, the thing is governments and other people if that's the case and you're going to blacklist people anyway then make certain jobs that these people can do because at the end of the day say listen for depending how crazy your crime is say listen for four years you need to you know you need to show us that you're you're on this grind you can work turn up on time you're good and then eventually you'll be reintegrated and then your your you know your thing gets yeah. wiped off or whatever but also we have to remember that prisons and that they're also money making gimmick mm-hmm. it's a form of it's a form of slavery yeah. where people are forced to do like uh, labor mm-hmm. for big corporations aka yep. Sainsbury's Virgin Media um, all these all these companies and they, there's even more in China like in other countries where people are putting notes Secret. yeah they're putting the notes Primark. in clothes saying hey save us from prison and that's the issue this is a big money making gimmick and these guys are getting paid what like eight eight pounds a week um, and they have to and also if you refuse this you then get like yeah. time added to mm-hmm. your sentence yeah. this has nothing yeah. to do with your crime and this is in the UK yeah. That, yeah. that's happening so you have these big corporations where um where they're coming in telling so you know those plastic spoons that you get in your like yeah. fruit salads and stuff in Sainsbury's <laughs> the um prisoners yeah. pack those headphones or aeroplanes yep and um, virgin your mm-hmm. your headphones that get yeah. repacked they the prisoners yeah. do that um yeah. and as Huffney was saying um uh, if you don't, if you refuse to do it, because you only get eight pounds a week. Mad. If you refuse to do it, if you refuse to do it, you get yeah. time added on. So yeah. you have no choice but to do it. So for me, okay, cool. If you're gonna treat someone like that in prison, at least make them build their country. Let's say you've wronged, right, and you're in prison. At least do the thing where you're basically giving your time and energy, depending on what crime you committed, mm. to the country. So if they said, oh, you were building the roads for your country, you were cleaning rubbish for your country, you were doing X, Y, Z, and it's benefiting the people of your country, with you kind of like your community that you've wronged, then okay, I kind of understand that because at least when you come out, you're going to say, see the labor of your fruits, your, your family is going to be able to enjoy the roads you built, vice versa. At least that I can understand. Therefore, the money can be saved yeah, and you're getting that, a skill like yeah. packing headphones in a, so, in a plastic bag is not exactly yeah. a skill. So, but when it, <laughs> but the problem I have is when it benefits big corporations, mm-hmm. and that's the issue. These big corporations are all in a room together drinking champagne. The police, rich people, uh, racist people—they're always they're the ones at the top. At the end of the day, they're the ones that who like basically have their little areas and stuff. And that's the issue. That's the thing that we're fighting at the moment. And I th- and I don't really have any hope that the police will ever be, be defunded. They're too powerful. As you said, they basically... How do you think Lil Tyrone and all these, you know, people in these little estates and ends and hoods are selling, are selling drugs? Like, cocaine itself is from South America and other places where it grows. It gets chemicalized, right? So ha, these people don't have passports to go out mm-hmm. of their hood or ends. So how the hell are they now exporting X amount of heroin and all this thing that comes from <clears throat> Afghanistan into their yeah. area? There's someone doing it, and it's usually a white guy with a tie who has a corporate job, but he has this as a log- hides it under a logistical company, right? It's their money yeah. laundering way. There you go. Like- and you know, and they, there's one. There's a saying as well, like people who pay tax basically are the ones who are usually broke. So them, so normal people who work in an everyday job, they're the ones that get taxed mm-hmm. like crazy. Rich people, they they can claim mm-hmm. back tax. Like I was reading a story where Lewis Hamilton got bought a jet, private jet, and man got. Three million back from the UK government. There you go. In his yeah. tax um, no surprise there. So, no surprise there. It's a bit mad. Um, yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, people. So we've talked about a lot. 
Um, I have talked a lot. <laughs> We've not even um, approached. So one of the things I wanted, to, or a couple of bits I wanted to approach, prison industrial, um, prison industrial complex and private prisons, how the US's model is now coming over here. And there's a very clear lineage from slavery to chain gangs to private prison where anybody who has access to um, what the elites consider their access to the society, chuck them in prison, will still make money because we're basically selling their labor to corporations for pennies. And yeah, basically the, corpor the corporations and these businesses make money. And it's subsidized. Taxpayers' dollars or taxpayers' pounds go on to subsidize this system. Um, yeah, there was there was the occurrence that Charlie said ex cons. I know this stat this statistic was true throughout the nineties. I'm not sure about the noughties, but it was that in the U.S. sixty six percent of ex cons reoffended, which means two thirds of people. Two of every three people who will go to prison will come back to prison. And that's the point that proves that this system is not working. It's not rehabilitating anybody. Yep. Um, and because the, these people aren't coming out with better skills, they, they're coming out with much better, much worse prospects in life. How do these people, how does the government and the people who are then punishing these people expect them to make their way through life once they are no longer convicts? It doesn't make sense. If you plan on rehab... No, it doesn't, because you have a criminal record now and you can't you, get yeah. a job. And also prisons as well, they, they, they actually get abused yeah. there. The wardens beat them up. They, they sexually abuse yeah. them. It, it, people act like when you go to prison, no. it's you and yourself. No, it's yeah. not. No, you come yeah. out traumatized. Yeah. You come out traumatized, you're basically violated as a human. So people forget that whole thing like, oh, yeah. Yeah. prison should yeah. have sorted them yeah. out. What? Many people come out of prison worse than they went in because it's one of... Um, I think Shawshank Redemption, I'm a big film head. Shawshank Redemption is literally... There's a line in that in that where um, Andy Dufresne says, I was I was clean as a whistle on the outside. I came to prison and became a criminal. And ultimately that's what happens with a lot of, um, with a lot of, especially youngsters. They go into prison having maybe juggled a few things that they shouldn't have, but when they start mixing with the general population, people who have been in and out of prison for their entire lives and they, they've got 10, 15 years on these youths and they're gonna teach them the wrong thing. Of course they are. What happens? These youth yeah. are, are then made more extreme. They are desensitized to the kind of violence in prison that they bring outside with them. Their mannerisms change. Their psychology changes. People know, people know what tapped is. Like, um, or at least like everybody knows a version of what tapped is, but nobody ever wants to talk about the PTSD that these people suffer from um, both in prison yep. and on on very on a lot of occasions before prison, let's not forget a lot of people go into prison already feeling twisted because they may have had to see their friends bleeding on the floor. Like that's something that has a psychological effect, especially on young people. Absolutely. However, police brutality um, and everything that underpins it. We couldn't get through that in an hour. We're very sorry, people. We've tried our best. We've we've made we've we've made the discussion. We've thrown a lot of um, we tried. We've thrown a lot at you. We can certainly do like a part. Yeah, two most definitely. Day, maybe later on. Um, the... Can I just yeah. mention a few names? Like I actually feel terrible without mentioning these names before we we close this off. Belly Majinga, Stephen Lawrence, Kelso Cochrane, Mzi Mohammed, Mark Duggan. Christopher Alder, Cynthia Jarrett. So 
anybody who needs examples of um, police brutality and, and uh, exactly... I have a Yeah, few. go ahead, Charlie. Collins, mm. Kosa, Sibusa, um, Amos, Ntando, Elisa, Sigasa, Petrus, Miguels, Elema, Robin, Montusumi. Oh, gosh. Butchered that name. Sorry. <laughs> Adane, Emmanuel. Yeah. yeah. As well. So these are names of people who have been victims of police brutality. Um, sometimes directly. They've been killed directly by the police. Sometimes the police have bundled investigations and let their murderers go free. And they don't receive justice. Their family doesn't receive justice. This is a big topic. Um, we will have to dedicate some more time to it another time. However, that is going to have to be us from We Will Win Baba. So from me, Umule Motamai, Charlie, Husni, Ariamo, We Will Win Baba. Thank you for yes. listening, guys. We will yes. win indeed. Baba. We will win Baba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See you next so... time, guys. Bye. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, like, comment, Please. and subscribe below if you're watching yes. on YouTube. Um, if not, um, follow our Instagram so you can keep update, updated. It's uh, we will win, Baba. Yes, and so. feel free to send us any emails or comments or any ideas of things that we can talk yes, about yes. in the future. Yes. Uh, we will certainly. Yes, wherever win. you're watching this, Thank leave you your guys. comments below. Get back at us. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs> okay. We will win. We will win.